Are we not allowed to discuss the fact that the date that this is going out is April 12th and he might be in a pub? <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Fresh on the Heels. I am Stephen, joined as ever by my right-hand man, Quinn. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. And it's just a two-man booth this week, so our our third leg of this tripod is uh, is having some difficulties with his microphone due to this severe weather warning, isn't he? So he's had to step out for this big episode, which is a shame, but Jay, man, we love you. We'll be glad to have you back next week pretty quiet week for wrestling all things told wasn't it quinn yeah 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 i mean i don't think we have much to cover <laughs> no this i mean sorry in advance listeners this could be one of the longest episodes of this podcast that you'll listen to we of course came to you last week with our special wrestlemania 17 edition covering all things surrounding that wonderful event if you haven't listened to that do go back and listen we are on spotify and acast and a few other places where you can get your pods uh, that was good fun, that one, man. We all actually managed to get together and uh, and have a little bit of a drink. And I know I was feeling rough the day after. Yeah, yeah. Socially distanced, of course. Uh, of course. But it was good. It was good. I, I, I'd i hate to hear the outtakes of your edit. But, <laughs> um, I No, I'd love to hear them. But yeah, no, it was good fun. It was good that we finally got to get to shoot shit. Yeah, definitely, man. I, I deserve some kind of award for the edit job I did on last week's episode. Uh, so yeah, this week we're going to be covering... Uh, stand and deliver night one and two we didn't get a chance to speak about that of course last week and we've also got the little event of wrestlemania 37 night one and two we'll probably take up our whole show doing that obviously we're gonna sack off professional guestler that will eventually I swear to god get decided we will eventually reach a point where yeah, the, yeah. The we are tied we're, we're tied at the minute aren't we two two baby and we'll finish off our mount rushmores as well next week uh, we, we'd feel bad doing it without Jay on the pod this week. Well, I mean, if, if we did it without him, he was getting a short straw, I think. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, based on his uh, his failing of the wellness policy, we might have to just give him uh, a default name out of a hat. Like Rico. Rico gets a lot of love on this pod. <laughs> he does, he got it last week, didn't he? <laughs> okay, so let's crack on then. Are you ready for this? Yeah, man. Sick, so let's start with... NXT TakeOver, Stand and Deliver, the first time that the Black and Gold brand have ever done a two-night extravaganza, an event too big for one night. We'll, we'll start with you, bud. We'll talk about night one first. What, what were your highlights for that night, do you think? I'm going to start completely off the cuff with the uh, gauntlet for the number one contender for the North American Championship. Oh, okay. Just because I don't think we anybody in their right mind could have called that. And I think for me, I think from that, I think we even mentioned it in earlier pods that he was a write-off. So yeah, I think we all thought that Bronson Reed might be there. And I know we discussed the that weird interaction between Bronson Reed and LA Knight. Yeah. And it was maybe like a rivalry that could have been settled within that gauntlet. But yeah. I don't think any of us saw Bronson Reed getting that win. No, definitely not. And and the thing that took me about it wasn't not only the fact that he took the win, he was 
incredibly impressive in the match. That was a standout for me. Yeah, no, fair play. It's not one that I thought you'd have started with. I, th- I think, like you say, it, it was uh, six people who I maybe didn't fancy any of them like fully. I, I do like Bronson Reed. I think he's great. I didn't think he'd win it. See, I don't. I've never really, I've never looked at him and gone, I, to me, he's a, I don't know if you would probably disagree with me now, but he's a Dexter Lewis. Like, as in, like, I feel like he was part, he came into this NXT era when they, when the main cards just called all up their good stars and they were yeah. trying to rebuild again. So I always saw this Bronson Reed as just a, like, a, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Well, I mean, yeah, you took the words out of my mouth there because I think me and you spoke about this maybe on the first episode when we did the Elimination Chamber. It feels like on the back of these two nights, there's going to be a few guys go up. I think that the that a few of them have reached the end of their uh, shelf life in NXT and, and that's not a bad thing. I think that they just need to go up. And, and what they did in this match was they had six guys all get good time. That you know, you think about people like Leon Ruff and Swerve Scott. Again, they're two people who you maybe just wouldn't have ever cared about. And I think the way that you put it when you said it the other week was that NXT always do this. And in three months' time, you'll be talking about some of these, maybe not all six of them, but some of these really fondly. Uh, and they build up just seeming nobodies to real believable characters, just with good booking, good time in the ring. Uh, and, and good storytelling and, and I think that is that felt to me like that match was NXT saying you six will be the next lot who are either in in the North American or top title picture in one way yeah, or yeah. another absolutely I think I think their their aim is to build LA Knight isn't it I think that's really clear um, I think like Dexter Loomis has like hovered around Gargano for that Sort of like so. I think I think I was the person from one of the pods to call it. It was probably him that was going to win, mm. given into like an end to that rivalry. Uh, we obviously saw Pete Dunne um, get knocked out in the the first round of NXT, and then like I think Jamie suggested that Roddy was going to take the win because there was no direction for him. So there was obvious obvious winners in our head, and I don't think any of us would have called Bronson Reed. No. It was it was good. I think you mentioned there as well, Pete Dunne. He had a great uh, opening match with Kushida. Yeah. It was really cool to see uh, an English guy open, stand and deliver. They had uh, they had the yeah, big sort cool. of, the big opening. They always do very very uh, impressive openings. And then Pete Dunne's music hits first before Kushida's. And I just think you know you stood there watching yeah, him. Pop, it's, pops it's the crowd, doesn't it? Or like well, completely, yeah, yeah. completely. Uh, and he's. He's just so good. Them two had an absolute classic. Uh, elsewhere as well, when we're talking about multi-man matches, there was the triple threat tag team match. Yeah. Sorry. I know I, like, I launched on such a small match in that scale. No, I? no, it's interesting. That, that, that it's was, interesting that, that was the first one that's just, just Just because of how impressed I was with Bronson Reed, I think. But, but yeah, the, 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 the multi-man tag title match was... I think, I think that's one of the things we're always going to do with NXT is that the card pops. Yeah, all the way through. So when you sit there and think about something that you remember mostly from it, you're never going to be disappointed by that. Yeah, it's great. It's it's very much again. I think it's something that you said the other week. You know, it's uh, did you watch that match? Yeah, hold my beer, and then the next guys go out and they just try and steal Massively, the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we we do have new tag team champions. That was inevitable because they were vacant. Uh, it was MSK on the back of the Dusty Cup. It kind of makes sense. I, I could have seen any three of these teams win this and, and not been too fussed 
I really like all of them. I like Grizzled Young Veterans the most, I think. But yeah, it's yeah, um, it makes perfect sense having those two as, as tag team champions as well. I think uh, Legado of the Phasma or <laughs> Legado del Phasma. That was a Guinness pardon, red quin open. Pardon, pardon <laughs> my pardon my Spanish. Yeah. I thought they may have been in there just to make either team look strong, regardless of the win. Because again, as you said, it was either going to be one of the two in my eyes, and and I couldn't call it. It was 50-50. It was MSK or it was Grizzled Young Vets. That was literally it. So I feel like it was a triple threat just to make either team look strong, regardless, because neither looks weak from... Exactly, yeah. But yeah, it, MSK have come from being a very successful tag team in Impact. Grizzled Young Vets have come up through the Indies, through UK, into NXT. I don't know much about the other one. I don't know if they were forced together through NXT or they have come together as a tag team, but they work. They really are diverse. Yeah, they definitely do. I think the three teams together just really popped. And yeah, it was was a showstopper from start to finish. Like you said earlier, I was happy to see two out of the three win. But I think given off the back of the Dusty, the belts went for the right team. Yeah, they're definitely hot at the moment. So... I've got to ask you a question now then because it's probably the flip of a coin for me with this one. Very close. And I think one match was probably better than the other, but I think one of the the moments was bigger than the other. You've got Raquel Gonzalez against Io Shirai and you've got Tommaso Ciampa against Volta. Where do you want to go first? Oh. um, (laughs) Let's talk about our boys. Okay. Let's, talk about, let's talk about Walter and, and, and Tommaso. What a fucking match. Oh. Jesus Christ. It's uh so I mean Bald Champa. Bald Champa yeah, came did out it. with the yeah, shiniest head. Did did you put your head in the shino ballo? Jamie, God rest his soul. Now, <laughs> <laughs> all he wanted was a bald champa. Oh, fantastic, man. That promo he cut uh, the week before when he was sat in front of the camera on the chair talking about Psycho Killer, talking about um, Black Heart gimmick. And he he just came out, he delivered. I mean, his entrance was like, you're going to win the fucking belt, lad, from how he came out. I think you, you can, know what? You can sometimes tell from an entrance who's going to win. And I was I was adamant. You know what? And I, and I said this weekend, like, build up to it. Like, I felt like it was Walter's time. Champers time. No, I said what was time to drop. Sorry. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I felt like that was time. Time like Walter had, had hit that milestone a couple of weeks before. There is nobody else in the UK at the minute that can can kind of like hit the level that he does. The, d- the dude fucking chopped a table in half. <laughs> it was just like it <laughs> exactly was such a good like visual. And Jamie, Jamie made this valid point, and it and it and I chose to ignore it, but it makes total sense. That what would Champa do with a UK title because of what they what the UK title is meant to represent? Mm. So I get I get why Walter got the win still. I do understand that. But to me, there's a, I think I shared it on the Fresh Instagram. So at Fresh on the Heels, guys, there was a picture of Walter and a cross of over every person is defeated, defeated oh, yeah. in the UK yeah. title, right? And they all, other than Pete Dunn. Maybe Tyler Bate. Say out of eight people, six of them are like very UK-based wrestlers. Mm-hmm. And then Champa came into it at the end. Champa kind of just like stood out like a sore thumb because it was just like that's 
that's the competition. I I had every heart thinking, I, every part of me was thinking that the champs might have taken that belt, and he didn't. And I, but I still wasn't disappointed that he didn't. No, that's the perfect thing about this match. And there, there were some like amazing spots in it as well. We mentioned about the table being sharp. There was a point where champs exactly. was just trying to take him down, and he was just hitting him with clothesline after clothesline, and he wouldn't stumble. And I love that. And there was, of course, the the working on the right arm of Champa and Walter to diminish the chops. Yeah. Such smart, like smart booking, smart wrestling. And, and in the end, I think he hit him with a, a big uh, German suplex, did he? Right. And, yeah. And yeah. As, as he stands up, he just, he just chops the shit out of him and, and kills him and got the win. Unreal. Unreal. And, and you're probably right going there first, because I think the, probably the biggest story of night one is the, the, the massively long reign of Io Shirai, uh, similar to Walter, had the title a long time, not as long, of course, but very long, losing to Raquel. And she looked great, man. The, the ending of night one really capped what was already a, a really good night. Yeah, I think I think if you look at the, the, the realism of it, is that Io Shirai, as, as talented and as gassed up as she is, she didn't win a title in her stadium either. Mm. Like, she, uh, her entire reign has been under these COVID-permitted circumstances. And Raquel, it is the strangest transition because she's always looked strong. When Raquel came in as Dakota Kai's partner and they kind of did the whole Michael's Diesel kind of flip, didn't they? Even though EO... Shirai is like a massive face in the grand scheme of what she's done. Did you not feel personally that Raquel's win came across as a very, very face win? I think what happened, what they've done really well with, with Raquel is that she she's this uh, she was the bodyguard to Dakota. Dakota was the heel. And I think that she was almost a little bit bulletproof to that because of just how dominant she was. She's then competed in war games and she's got a big win. She kind of reminds me a lot of, of Reigns in the Shield, where you know the Shield were typically yeah. a, a heel group for a long time, but he was sort of the, the one they were building. And yeah, I think what they've done uh, is, and I think rightly so as well, is with the win, they've they've painted her as a face. I think the face turn has come with the winning of the title. Uh, and I don't think that's a bad that's, thing. Yeah. I, I think she'll continue to be a badass. I don't think she's I hope. I don't think she's going to be a smiling champion. I don't think she's going to be all all fun and games. But yeah, I think WWE is very clever at what they do in the sense that you know how to you know how to push a win in the sense mm. to make it look like that that gets the fans over. So I think there's been like has failed massively in their past where they've done the streamers falling down from the ceiling when Reigns has won a title and the crowd yeah. hate every minute of it. But I think one of this is like, again, Raquel is a, a very good heel. Yeah. And the fans... She's, she's what, so over. And, and fans, yeah, she's a, she's a Jericho. She's a mm. she's an over heel. And I think the fans would want, fans want to see her win. I'm not saying that they, they don't think uh, Shirai is not a bad champion. I just don't I just don't think she's had a very good year. I think she's had a very unlucky year. And I don't think she has much personality is not the right word to say, but I think Raquel has the potential to be because of that heel persona she's given by being, like you said, Dakota's bodyguard. 
and very confident and very like over in that sense. I think that like they are smart when they know right this person is going to get the win. This is when the celebration occurs. Later in the main roster, they're not that smart. <laughs> we'll come on to that, I'm sure. So that is yeah. Night one was incredible. Left a really good uh, feeling with me. I felt like over the two nights on paper, it was the weaker of the two nights. I think we'll definitely come on to that now, though. Are you ready to get into night two? Absolutely, yeah. So, night two opened with the ladder match. Uh, Really, really good ladder match between Santos Escobar and Jordan Devlin. And I know, Jay, if you are listening, you were... Adam and me Devin too though. Me this. too. You too. Me too. Me too. Yeah. I, me too. I don't and mind you know this what? at all. You know, again, it's another match where I'm just sat there thinking, whoever wins these two belts, fucking go for it, lad. This match, man, exactly what me and Jay said. Like I was adamant that Devlin was taking this, and I all I wanted was Devlin to win. Watching it and watching that ladder climb. I was happy to watch Escobar win. Like I was like, like it was one of them where I was just like, he. I know you've always been big on him and you've been strong on him, and I've never really raised. Like, hasn't he hasn't done anything for me just yet? But that match, man, like watching him, those two titles in his hands on that ladder. I yeah, was like, was yeah, sick, man, man, you fucking deserved it. I think if anything, that might mean that Devlin is ready to take the step up to challenge Walter. That'd be very cool. Yeah. That I don't know. Yeah, that makes perfect sense as well. I don't think we're gonna see De- I don't think we're gonna see Devlin on on American NXT anytime soon. I think he's gonna go, I think he's gonna fall back to UK. And I think that maybe that that's where because that the only way I saw that was he was gonna win and we we're gonna see Devlin as a regular on American NXT, almost like a younger baller, because they're so similar. Mm-hmm. in what they do but like I said like I was having Devlin for that win watched Escobar take it and did not care like I was just like yeah man yeah it was fantastic what, a, what an opening to the night with those two yeah less so on from that was the women's tag team title match I didn't have loads to say on that one yeah I think that was a given one it like it's their first real contenders yeah I think do you know what I, I thought the way it'd win uh, I, I thought that oh, really? and, and Lorray, yeah, I think that they're a, a better, they're in a stable, aren't they? Moon and Blackheart just seem a bit thrown together, uh, which is a lot of tag teams at the minute in general across the company. I, I feel like, I know they've been teaming for a little while together, but I, I think this whole thing of the way being uh, sort of a twofold and a four-person faction, I like yeah. that better. That that feels better to me. And, uh, you know, I, I don't, I've got a lot of time for Ember Moon, Shotzi Blackheart yet to win me over. I think the tank thing's a bit fucking stupid. But yeah, that, that match we can probably we can probably skip by. Let's move on to Gargano Reed then, because Reed had a fantastic night in night one, as we've mentioned. And the only person I saw beating Gargano for the title was Loomis. So when Loomis didn't win in Which night is what one, I said earlier, didn't I? I said yeah. that because he completed their sort of whatever. Their story. That was. Yeah, their arc. Yeah. Yeah. When, yeah. When Reed, when Reed won, I didn't think he'd then beat Gargano. But great match with these two. 
really quick back and forth, considering the size difference between the two of them. I mean, Bronson really can get about for a big guy. And I don't think it'll be too long until he's either on the main roster or he's potentially got gold around his waist on an XT. I think he's put in enough work now for a long time that the, the people who are in charge recognise him. I think he's, he's done his bit as this sort of uh, enhancement yeah. talent. And he, he feels like he's really coming over now as someone who, who I say, you know, can, can either wear gold or be on, the, be on SmackDown or Raw. Yeah, yeah. So Gargano retained, like you said, you're not too sure who's going to beat him for that. Who do you think might be next? Do you think LA Knight? Because he, he and Gargano are very similar. I do. I think I think that's the push. I think I think in I know we say this a lot, and I know we say that Trips has got like it's his claws and it's his baby and all that sort of stuff. And Vince is that much involvement, but I I refuse to admit that Vince doesn't. Uh, sorry, Trips doesn't take a lot of advice from friend from Vince. I think that Bronson Reed got that win, which none of us was expecting. It got a pop. Mm. It got a push for him. But in my opinion, if you're getting that pop out of nowhere, are you not taking the the gold the next night? Yeah, I know what you mean. But So down that road, so down that road, that's his pop. That's his push. He lost. Next week, Bronson Reed doesn't have a shot again. Let's build someone else, and they are build and and the fact that LA Knight is the one that beat Bronson Reed, I think it's him. I think it's him. I think he's he's uh... some heel on heel action. It'd have to be, but yeah, I think I think LA Knight is the next NXT North American champion for me. So less of a of a struggle on this one to sort of go between the last two matches. I think Carrion Cross versus Finn Balor wasn't dead into it going in. The promo package they put before it, though. Yeah, it was really cool. They do these so well. And again, wasn't bothered who won and, and in the best way. I, I felt like I felt like Finn may have retained. I think Cross had won it previously and had to let go of it from injury, and they played on that from when Finn had to do it with the title. Uh, I love the Scarlet thing. I love that whole gimmick. I, I, he doesn't look like he fits the gimmick as such. Do you love the gimmick or do you love Scarlet? I love both. <laughs> <laughs> I love both very much. Both Scarlet and the gimmick. Yeah. But yeah, he, he he won the title back. He his finisher man is one of the best finishers in wrestling. Oh, it's incredible. It's, it's incredible. so good. And, it, and, it would win any match. And for me, I'd have I'd have liked to have seen Finn retain because I think mm. uh, Finn Finn has the potential to face a few people that he would put on five-star matches. It doesn't mean he still won't. What I did like about the match is that I don't rate Cross. Like, he's not he's not for me. But what I did really like is how much, even though he got the win, how much he put Finn over. Mm. The moves that Finn hit him, or hit on him, Cross sold. Like, yeah. like that. that's to me, is like, oh, I know it did main event, but like it was a main event match. I, I liked it. Yeah, I think they both they both just worked really well together, and and I think I think that build up, like you said, that promo helped. But that build up was genuine. Like that match was worth it. Yeah, it felt big. It felt like a big fight feel. Uh, but 
was always going to be secondary to what followed because Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, unsanctioned match. You talk about a promo. I mean, Jesus, last week we spoke about Austin and The Rock ahead of WrestleMania 17. Goosebumps, man. That That might have been better. I'm just going to throw it out there. If anyone wants, if anyone <laughs> wants to bad, get in touch, yeah, if, if you want to get in touch oh. on, on social media, the build-up to this match with it showing them like coming through together, everything, it was phenomenal. Oh, yeah, because it, it had like stuff like pre, pre-NXT it, and stuff, it didn't it? Like, so yeah, it so real. Got, it was so yeah, real. Like, and the whole thing of uh, it showing different clips from the past where O'Reilly's been pushing the title into Cole's waist and like patting him and smiling. And it, it's like, oh, you're just a lap dog. And then this whole thing of him trying to invite Finn into the UE because he's become the better man over his time in NXT and then Cole super kicking them both. And it, they had like a rain effect in the ring. Do you remember that? So it, it looked like it was raining like in the ring. And I was just like, fuck me. I, like I could have not watched the yeah. match after that. And it'd have been my favorite match, like yeah. just the promo alone. To uh, a point, to a point where it kind of built to a point where you were just like, "Is it going to deliver?" Like a yeah. bit, like yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it, of course, and it, it did. And it, of course, it did. Hundred yeah. percent, it did. Yeah. So there was a lot to digest in this one. I don't remember all the spots, but they got a chain attached to the rope, didn't they? That they played quite well with. I think at one point. Yeah. Uh, O'Reilly may have physically clotheslined Cole with it, or it might have been vice versa. Uh, of course, O'Reilly, for the win, hits the low blow on Cole on the top rope, which is a bit of a throwback to what had happened when the UE had split. A couple of nasty bumps through through the stage at one point, which was cool, because yeah, yeah, yeah. the elevated stage is something that you don't tend to see very often. I believe AEW have a stage that we've done. Oh, yeah. AEW, it's like week in, week out. But, yeah, NXT have have used it before really well. Um, They don't use it always, but it it is used really well when they want to. Surprisingly enough, it's it's been used more since the no fans thing. Mm. And I don't know, AEW have done it since day one. I don't know. Just they've kind of taken that approach and gone, but no, it works really well in this match, really well. One hundred percent, yeah. I think we spoke uh, previously on on this podcast about there not being much of an NXT left for Adam Cole. Yeah, unfortunately, but yeah. Firstly, do you think the right man won? So that was going to be my question to you. You know, okay. I was going to say to you, did you call it? No. See, I didn't. I don't. I'm not saying the right man didn't win, but I'm saying right, I no, thought, no. Col- I okay, thought Cole yeah. would. Yeah, completely agree. I hundred percent. I thought Cole was going to take that win because, like you said, there isn't much NXT left for Cole, so he might take that. T- he might take that final win and go away. Yeah, there's a lot of NXT left for O'Reilly. Yeah, there's most of the roster, isn't there? Yeah, there's there's the most of them like on singles competition. Yeah. A year ago, not a chance in hell O'Reilly would have won that match. No. God, not going to lie, though. I nearly fucking weeped during the entrances when neither of them came out to shock to the system, man. I, I was know, just like, oh, it's God. Like, you, you said the other day, didn't you? Like, one of the best entrances in the last five years or something. Like, it is one of NXT's best ever entrances. Yeah. And we're never going to hear it again. 
I'm at a stage now where even if Bobby Fish goes on a singles run and comes out to that music, I'll take it just so I can hear it. Like it's it's so good. And I'm wondering if with with O'Reilly beating Cole now, Cole could maybe take it back as like a bit of a like fuck you, I'm better than you. O'Reilly could reinstate it as like a, you know, we've like vanquished you now, but I, it'd be such a shame. Unless unless the angle they take is that Cole disappears and O'Reilly brings back Roddy and Fish. I'd have liked that, but but we all saw the way that O'Reilly spoke to Roddy. Yeah. On the way out. So I don't think that. I don't know. No, no. It's done. But going back, going back to my earlier point, like you said, it's not about who deserved to win. The general opinion is who we thought was going to win. And I think we're both on par with that. Yeah, yeah. We didn't think O'Reilly was going to take that match. No. And I've never been happier that someone did. Yeah, it was phenomenal. The NXT both nights was full of matches where I was rooting for one person and the other one won and I was buzzing. And like that is that is an incredible feat for them over the two nights. So props to NXT. I cannot wait to see what happens in the coming weeks. They have, of course, moved to Tuesdays. So they are going to be on tomorrow night. I imagine by the time we record our next episode, the first Tuesday night episode of NXT would have happened. So we can catch you up to speed with what's going on there. And I think it's probably time that we move on to the grandest stage of them all. Yeah, WrestleMania. Okay, we are back. We are talking about the week of wrestling. We've covered Stand and Deliver. Excellent show. We're going to move on to WrestleMania 37, live from the Raymond James Stadium, where Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl this year. Fucking mad night one, to think about it. So... Obviously, the entire... I watched a little bit of the kickoff show, caught, caught the back end of it, getting really ramped up about the start of the show. I had this huge countdown for it. Show starts, huge video for it. Uh, some woman, I can't remember what her name was, sorry, singing in the ring. She had some tig old... Oh, Baby Rexa. Bebe Rexa. That's the one. And we go to Vince on stage with the entire roster. Vince gives it the big WrestleMania thing. And Which then, is incredibly sentimental. I'm glad that I'm uh, glad they did it. Like, it was amazing. Yeah. It was fantastic. And then we have the intro. And we see Cole, Saxon, and Joe, first thing. And they tell yeah. us that yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a severe weather warning and they're going to have to take a, a quick rain check, a literal rain check. So they got the stadium evacuated, went back to... Uh, Kayla Braxton backstage went back to a couple of guys who I've not seen backstage very often as well. And well I think they I think they hit every superstar on the way down, didn't they? In that backstage segment. I think that like they walk they talked through everything. Yeah. So this was like a real weird opening to the show after the, the way they'd ramped up towards it. But what it led to was some like really sort of off the cuff uh, and unique promos from people. Some good yeah. work as well by people. I think Kevin Owens was a particular highlight for me, even though he had some mic troubles midway through. Well, he was fantastic. He yeah. kind of just took the mic off the interviewer and kind of went back to how him and Zayn have known each other for all these years. I know you didn't watch it live at the time, Quinn, but yeah, what did you make of this like weird start for Mania? 
so the, the one thing that did get to me, like as in the thought that was just wasn't not only not only WrestleMania standard, but just like wrestling standard in general, was there was a straight up interaction between MVP and Lashley. And in that segment, MVP really dug out Drew McIntyre and his worth and what he'd said to him. And he said, mm. if you come into this match, you'll it'll be the end of you, blah, 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 blah. And weirdly, which I wasn't expecting, McIntyre turned up. Yeah. And and that that for me is not what you see at Mania. Like no. for me, like like it's it's almost like a for me, a, a championship match like that, opening the show or closing the show, regardless, those people it's like it's almost like world heavyweight title boxing match. Like you keep those people apart. Like you don't they don't they don't just interact backstage. It's not like that. Like you didn't see it back in our day, you didn't see Rock and Trips interact, you didn't see Rock and Austin interact before the match like Mania. It was that. And yeah, that, that that for me was weird. And don't get me wrong, I know it opened the show and I know we weren't expecting much from it. The match impressed. Like they were both very good. Well, yeah, let's speak about Lashley McIntyre. So I was convinced that like Io Shirai, Drew McIntyre has been the, the Thunderdome era champion. Absolutely, yeah. Fully worthy of getting a WrestleMania moment of his own after the year he's had of pretty much carrying the, the brand. Uh, yeah, because last year wasn't really a moment, was it? Like, it no, no one was there. Yeah, no one was there, man. And then this year, after doing a lot of the, the brunt work with the title, so he loses it to Miz at the chamber, and then Lashley wins it off Miz in between. And then Lashley puts him to sleep effectively. It wasn't yeah. the longest match. It was pretty hard hitting. There's something I can't quite get on board with with Lashley. I know he's had a very good year with the hair business and I know MVP's doing some real good stuff. He's just a bit lifeless for me and a bit a bit bland. And Drew sort of lingers in that pool as well a little bit. He's a little bit more interesting, I think, of the two. But it's two guys that I don't really care about. And it kind of set the tone for me a little bit on night one. Uh, although I think we'll come to it in general, there were more pros and cons. So, yeah, talk me through Lashley and McIntyre. What did you make of it? You enjoyed it. So I think I think the match was a, a lot more hard-hitting than I thought it was going to be. I, mm. was, I generally thought that McIntyre was going to get the win. I'm not insulted that Lashley got the win, even though I agree with you completely, he's not for me. Because I think it opens up uh, McIntyre to have some rivalries or some sorry, some battles with people that doesn't necessarily need, need a title because mm. I think he's that calibre of wrestler. But I also think that say that McIntyre re-won the title six months into the pandemic, I think the crowd would have gone wild. Yeah. But I think the fact that he's carried it through an entire era of no crowd, maybe people are a bit bored of seeing him as champion. I just think that his championship lasted too long to be appreciated. If he'd have won, if he'd have beat Lashley six months ago, it'd have come to a pause. Whereas I think if he'd beat him last a uh, couple of nights ago, I don't think he'd have got the reaction that 
that it would have. And yeah, I, think I know what may, you mean. May, Maybe keeping it on Lashley for now is the right move because a bigger face that we all care about and we're all invested in will come along and dethrone him and it'll get a bigger pop. Mm. Yeah, definitely. We almost forgot to mention as well the weirdest moment of WrestleMania. Well, one of the weirdest moments of WrestleMania night one, seeing Michael Cole and Samoa Joe in some lovely white ponchos. Yeah. Very, very weird image. Yeah, I think um, another shout out to our co-host who can't make it tonight. He mentioned that Florida is the storm capital of the world. Yeah, it's weird. They've never had that problem before with an open-air stadium either. It just seemed to be just everything conspiring against them. But I mean, I suppose that type of storm, you can't predict it. No. And I mean, they, they did the right thing, obviously, by evacuating the crowd. And they've they've had open air events in Florida before. Yeah, I definitely. Think, I think Michael's favorite flair was Florida, wasn't it? So they do they know it, and it's the same time as year. So I suppose they can't predict it. But yeah, I think they did everything they could. But that interim, that hour interim of backstage, was it was it was it yeah it was interesting. I, I think it was it was strange. I mean. What obviously happened as well on the back of the weather was a lot of the ringside got wet and we saw Mandy Rose slip on the way to the ring for the tag team turmoil yeah, match. Yeah. Took it like a champ. We saw AJ Styles slip as well uh, yeah. on his way out. So it, it looked a little bit dangerous, a little bit risky for him, but fair play to everyone for cracking on and, and just getting on with it. Uh, we'll skip pretty much past that tag team turmoil match. It wasn't much to remember. Natalia and Tamina got the win. Uh, and they moved on to night two to face the tag team champions, which we will mm-hmm. go on to cover. Um, yeah. A lot of issues as well that people had had with with this show was the fact that after so long without a crowd, they chose to have the first people come out as the hosts for the show uh, of Titus O'Neil and Hulk Hogan, yeah. rather than it being that big pop moment for Drew. Talk to me a little bit about... Titus O'Neil and Hulk Hogan and, and how you felt that that played across both nights really because for me nothing they did landed at all and I think yeah at some point you even heard the crowd boo Hogan I think I think not not to I don't know how much we'll make the pod in this but but let's be serious like the, the dynamics between the two were never going to gel and there are a few times where Titus kind of looks at him and, and thinks what the fuck are you saying <laughs> yeah I understand why they picked them because it's Hulk Hogan is Mr. WWE. <laughs> he may have come across a racist, but he's not a racist. So let's plug in with the Warrior Award winner this year, who is black. And yeah, he, Titus O'Neil might not be the best wrestler, but he is an incredibly good representative for WWE. He completely is, but don't get me wrong. Hogan is a million times bigger than O'Neill, is a star. And even Hogan on his own would have been terrible. O'Neill on his own would have been terrible. Together they were pointless. The stuff they did with Bailey on night two was shit. They did stuff with the NWO backstage again with Bailey that was just bad. They came out dressed as pirates on night two as well. And yeah, they did, it, yeah. it really killed the crowd. Like nobody was interested, nobody cared. Well, let's move on to more positive things. We had the first ever singles match at WrestleMania for one Antonio Cesaro. Yes. Took on Rollins. I thought this would be good. Ended up being great. 
Oh, the promo at the beginning. The promo in a minute, it was like the public service announcement. For oh, Rollins. amazing. The political act. Oh, my God. Yeah. So well done. Yeah. Rollins is doing some good stuff. That's the type of guy he is. That is yeah. the type of guy he is. Like, he lives and breathes this industry, and he knows that, like, so this is his, so he, he, he's the self-declared Mr. WrestleMania. He's yes. called himself this now. This is the second WrestleMania in a row he's lost. Mm-hmm. He's, he's unbelievable. These two had a, such a good match. The the UFO that Cesaro did where he's spinning him around on his shoulders with no arms, the, the swings he does, uh, the uppercut from the stomp, the neutralizer, great to see that again. I've not seen that in a little while used. To, it's a good effect. Rollins, Rollins kicked out of two of his finishes in a row, didn't he? Yes, yes. Yeah, and that was like a big push. He was just like, I am a god. Like, I kicked out of this. Like, it, it kicked out of the swing, and then it kicked out of the... Um, the neutraliser the first time. Neutraliser, that's it. Yeah, right. And he like, played this, I am a god. And then that's when it was his, that was his downfall. His finishing move or his signature is just as good as the person who sells it. Yes. Yeah. You think about that WrestleMania where Orton beat Rollins. And they did that massive RKO off the stomp. R- R- Rollins, like you say, he, he, you know, you don't have to win matches to become Mr. WrestleMania. And he is slowly taking that mantle. And he, he strikes me as the kind of guy who really wants it as well. He mm. wants to go another five, six years straight of just putting on these you know, incredible matches. And There's no doubt of me that we will see Rollins have the WWE title and the Universal title probably on him yeah. at some point again. No, agreed. And a great moment at the end for Cesaro. Obviously, the crowd were much for him. And Corey Graves said some really nice things on commentary about him. If it had been for a title, you felt like it might have been one of those moments where they get the roster to the ring. Uh, I think because, because it wasn't, it, it would have been a little bit weird and out of place. But it felt very much felt like the everyone in Gorilla would have been absolutely chuffering on the back of that. Yeah, that's his moment, man. Like he's like, it was, they said it there and then. Cole said it. That's his WrestleMania moment. That's it. And from one established star to a rising star, Omos, he has got a lot in common with another former tag team champion who won the title on their first night at WrestleMania, Nicholas, yeah, the famous okay. partner of Braun Strowman. Omos came got, to the well, ring. He's got more in common with Braun Strowman than he does Nicholas, but... Well, in terms of ring experience, I don't know. So he, he came to the ring just in a coat. <laughs> oh, he wore some shit suit, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. like I, I thought he was going to refuse to wrestle and maybe turn on AJ or something, but he just... Um... Yeah, he had, I think his ring gear was a suit with no sleeves. Like yeah. A suit with no sleeves. It was quite good fun. Um, Woods and Woods and Kofi were fantastic. Biggie introduced them as the hometown boy. Was the that most. was really cool? I really enjoyed that. Yeah, it was a weird dynamic. They they kept AJ from getting the hot tag effectively, even though they're sort of like a heel tag team. So they they begged him to come in first, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. And then after that, it was there was a great moment where Xavier Woods was like, "We are effectively cutting the ring in half," <laughs> and he was like talking AJ through how a tag team should be. Uh, Omos did finally get the pin and he made pretty short work of it. Yeah. A very, really nice, phenomenal forearm off his shoulders onto Kofi. Yeah. And then he put his leg down, didn't he? And he did like the. Yeah, he did like the old school sort of yeah, yeah. mock pin. But yeah, new, new tag champs. Uh, I, 
it's what it's going to do is probably elevate the New Day to a 12th tag team title at some point in the near future because they, they always win them back. Oh, it's great for AJ as well, we have to remember, because he's now won every belt, I think. He's a Grand Slam champ now. He's a Grand Slam. And I don't want to do too much future staring during this show, but thoughts on Omos and AJ doing much? Do you think that might be the the older... Face turn for Omos down the line against AJ? No, no, I don't. I don't see it like that. I don't see it at all. I unfortunately see it as we needed AJ on the card. I really want it. I've said this multiple times. I'd love to have seen AJ take the Grand Slam title. I think he deserves it. I think there would probably be a better run somewhere along the line that he could have done it with. Mm. I don't think Omos was the person to do it with. I don't really know that. I think somebody thinks out there that WWE in WWE thinks that AJ needs the security. They did it with the club. Um, and then yeah. you know, straight to Omos. I don't think any, I generally think this match was him being on the card. And like you just said, I think maybe tonight they'll take it back. Oh, really? That soon? I think it was a box checker. Um, because really, like, if they if they have any concern over that tag team division, you can't let it be. <laughs> I wasn't shocked at the win. I was not shocked at the win. No, and I was entertained by the match as well. Yeah, and the fact that I think Xavier and Kofi are really, really dedicated to the brand. Yes, of course. Right, moving on. Uh, and moving past, if you don't mind, Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon in the steel cage. A couple of reasons I've got to skip past this. Jerry Lawler was on commentary. Shane McMahon was in the ring. Uh, and Elias and Stryker or Riker, whatever the fuck his name is, got involved. He's a racist regardless. Oh, I've got no time for any of these men, any of this story. Jerry Lawler pissed me off from the first moment I saw him. The worst thing is, the worst thing is, if Shane's invested... He sells and he's good. He has a potential. We've talked about this. His match against AJ at WrestleMania was good. Do you know what is uh, worrying as well is that I'd rather talk about this next match more. Uh, and it's not because it was a bad match. It was because of the fucking weird entrance for Miz and Morrison. So, Quinn, I know you've had a few beers, but I'm going to ask you now. I don't want, I don't want to do it. I don't want are to do you it. still a fan of John Morrison? Can you still look yourself in the mirror and say that you are happy with what these two are doing? So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you know a little secret. You loved it. <laughs> no, 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 no. My concern with John Morrison started about two, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Is that it? Listen, no, because I love John Morrison. I think, I, I think when they came back, because obviously last Mania. Right, so John Morrison was at last WrestleMania and Miz refused to do Mania because of his family and COVID and that sort of stuff. So the tag team titles were on the line in a oh, one, yeah. on one ladder match. Yeah. So it was Morrison v. Kofi v. Jay? Or... Yeah, it was an Uso. It was an Uso, right. yeah. One of the Usos. The one that we haven't seen all year. Oh, yeah, because Jimmy got injured in that match. Okay. Yeah, right. So, anyway, so we saw that. But I, I just thought, like, I just thought the WWE has wasted uh, John Morrison's 
potential because he's so he can still go that can still go. And then three weeks ago, he rocked up with a fucking mullet. Yeah, yeah, the haircut's bad. With a fucking mullet, like literally. Yeah. And I'm like, John, I can't support that anymore, mate. I can't. What are you doing? And then so that sorry, that's a backstory as to why I can't back John Morrison anymore. And then going back to what Webber was just said. This fucking entrance. It's bad. It's so bad. Do you want to talk about it? Because I can't. So, like, first off, shout out to Bad Bunny. He is a wrestling fan. He didn't come in as, like, a celebrity just to, like, phone it in. He'd learned a few moves. He really sold really well. I thought he made Damian Priest look good. Uh, I thought The Miz made both of them look incredible. Just so clear that uh, Webbo is not a Damien Priest fan. Can't stand him. I, I've got no problems with celebrities being at Mania in some capacity. I think because it was two nights, you ended up with a really bad celebrity on night two, but we'll come on to that. So Bad Bunny, loved it. I thought it was great. But the, the bunny thing into the ring, a couple of them had like one ear. It was just painful to watch. And What about, what about Big Bunny coming on a lorry? Fine, absolutely great. He probably had the best entrance of the entire fucking night. Um, Two nights, like, literally, like... Yeah, probably. I've got no idea why they're doing this stupid rap thing. It sucked balls. So, they won. Great moment for him and, and, and props to him. The main event of the night was fantastic. Now, Sasha yeah. and Bianca have had a build-up that has been... Dreadful, I'd say, overall. I think considering what they could have done with these two, they've they've really fucking shit the bed of it. Two months ago, it was our one of our potential matches of the weekend, sorry. And we both said how much we were looking forward to it, given the history behind it and what it was established like it was going to establish. And I do think they did it, but I think the build-up to it was terrible. Dreadful. I mean, thank God they got time in the ring to do the story that they ended up telling. They were they were fantastic, both. Oh God, yeah. Um, and, and credit fantastic. to them. Uh, you know, it, it's fantastic to see them both doing what they're doing in any event. But the fact that they were able to do it in front of a crowd in the main event, uh, they got plenty oh, yeah. of time. They got plenty of opportunities to show some good spots. I thought Bianca looked great. We knew that the Universal Title was going to main event one night. Yeah. So our concern was, would they let SmackDown main event both nights? Yeah. And they did. Like, it was just like, oh, my, like, it didn't matter to them. They were just like, these these are the two matches. Like, look, let's, look, we'll get to night two when we get to night two. But, like, Drew made it very clear that he wanted to open the night. And he said that last year. He said, if I main event one night, I want to open another. And they got that. Yeah. And yeah, I no, think... I- it, it, like you say, it was a big concern, and I think they made the right call by putting this as, as the main event as well. 100%. As, as well 100%. as the Universal. Um, I mean, a bit of a weird ending again. It, it was a night where everything was just a little bit off for one reason. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, not with the women, uh, with the commentary. So you, you're sort of putting this up there with one of the historic moments in time that will be replayed. If not what if if not the well yeah do you think they'll redub the ending for Michael Cole? So I I watched it 
I rewatched it, and you can still hear him fuck up, but it's not. It's not as I never saw it live. Oh, so you think they may have already changed it? Yeah, I think they have because so I rewatched it and I saw the ending, and you and yeah, it's a bad call, but it's not as like it. Either they've cut it so it fits better. I don't mm. know. I don't know, but I don't. I didn't see it as okay. If they fixed it, I think it's fine. You know, the moment was what it was. Give us a bit of context, though. So, the 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 the, the match finishes uh, with Bianca hitting her finishing move, and she pins Sasha, and she gets the three count. But Michael Cole starts screaming. Sasha kicked out. Sasha kicked out. What's happening in the ring is Bianca's losing her mind. Uh, the crowd are going crazy. The referee's holding her arm up and Cole's going, I, I thought Sasha kicked out. And it's like, you, you should be going mad like at this moment of yeah, so, history. So from watching it back, 100%, it's been it's gone. Right, okay. That's good. I like yeah, that. I, I like the fact yeah. that they, they've tweeted that. The, because the first thing you hear from Michael is about Monty's Ford running back into, running into the... the Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Great scene seeing Montez Ford carry her around the back. Classic and... WWE. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 I know. But yeah, a, a good end to uh, a good night that had a few teething problems. Really, really good placement on that match. Like that. That was the only match that could have headlined that night. Like that Agreed. is completely the right move. And I think from what me, you, and Jamie have said in previous pods, we all called the winner, didn't we? Like it only made sense for her to get it, yeah. Because it it doesn't it doesn't make um, Sasha look any weak weaker for losing it because she's lost titles before, she's won t- she'll win a title again. Like it it really pushed Bianca to the level that she is. Yeah, I don't know if I read this wrong, but I believe that I may have read this week that Sasha is zero and six at Mania, and you wouldn't know it because she is such a big player in the women's division. And I think that says no, more that's about right. her. No, that's right. That's right. It's incredible. That's right. So she's she's only ever had one successful pay-per-view title defence ever. Oh, really? Bloody hell. And she's 0-6 of Mania, yeah. So, yeah, night one in the bag. Let's move on to night two. Okay, we are back talking night two of WrestleMania. It's just me and Quinn this time round. You can tell Jay's a Dolph Ziggler fan because he never shows up for the pay-per-views. So, opening <laughs> of night two was Randy Orton against The Fiend. Now, yeah, man, these two have been doing some good stuff with the empty arenas. They've been using the cinematics very well. So I did fear for them a little bit when it was announced that the crowd would be back. I felt that like they maybe would be a little bit more limited in what they can do, i.e. setting each other on fire, coming out of the ring, having Alexa Bliss teleport around the arena. (laughs) Well, we still saw some black tie, didn't we? Um, We did, yeah, we did, yeah. A few people a bit bit, uh, down on this match. What did you think of it, bud? You know what, man? I felt like this match, like we've talked about this before, this was kind of like a redemption from uh, Mania 2017, right? Like this was like they had the WWE title match and it was like, grubs on the floor and <laughs> LED grubs LED grubs so I feel like they kind of like build this up and uh, one thing I've got to say which is like not match and sorry match focused 
I loved Orton in White Trunks. Like, I I loved that special occasion. Like he Mania was, Gear, yeah, yeah, Mania Gear. The Fiend who got Mania Gear, like he had like a bulletproof vest. I thought we were going to get a cinematic match going in. Yeah, really. We didn't. I think we're going to get a repercussion of the result because all I've seen on social media is did Alexa Bliss betray Wyatt? But I think giving into it, like, I can watch Randy Orton all day. I love him, man. I love him. And the fact that he got the win, like, he, he, he's the type of superstar that could, would, could afford to take the loss. But the fact that he got the win, yeah, man. Like, I yeah. love that. I love to see it. I love to see it. It was good. It was weird. I think for an opening match, it kind of killed the crowd a little bit. I think they were a bit upset with what happened. But what makes you think that? Do you think because they wanted to see the theme win? Yeah, I think they wanted to see something a bit different than Orton get a clean pin. I think what they maybe missed, uh, certainly at the time in the audience and what has been speculated upon a lot afterwards, is that it is this potentially the reveal of Alexa Bliss as Sister Abigail. And uh, has she showing herself, just distracted Bray to lose. So not deliberately. I don't think Alexa's turned. So, but why Why would Sister Abigail want Bray to lose? So I don't think she did. I just think that she's appeared. So I think... Is it because she had that, like, the veil over the eyes and that kind of, like... Yeah, so yeah, on the, yeah, on the, fire, the Firefly Funhouse, the Sister Abigail doll has, like, the black eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think what they're doing she there... Came, is, she appeared in that box thing and like yeah. she had the same veil. Yeah, I get that. I get that. So, yeah, maybe middle of the card, this would have served better for RKO out of nowhere and just a clean pin for Orton over The Fiend. I don't think it hurt The Fiend to lose that much, uh, as much as people are maybe making out. I wouldn't mind seeing them move away from Orton now with this Bliss storyline ongoing. I think that you can... You know, you can look at people like Edge and things like that who will come on to. There are plenty of people for The Fiend to still work with where this ever-developing plot between him and Alexa carries on. So, yeah, I don't think it was too bad. What was bad was what came after. We spoke about this briefly when we spoke about the night one eliminator match. Uh, we had Tamina and Natalia win that. You said before we went on record that you thought that Tamina was just starting to get a little bit hot in terms of over the two nights, the crowd was starting to think, you know what, fuck it. I want to see a super fly splash off the top rope. I want to see a power yeah. slam. She does both of them. They give a little pop and then fucking Natalia yeah. gets choked out and they lose. <laughs> so Yeah, man. Like, yeah. I, 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 it, 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 I struggle with it because, and I said this, I don't know how on record it was, feel like the powers that be care more about seeing a love angle between Naya and Reggie than they do putting some redemption into the tag, tag titles. Well, where, where was Reggie? Well, he wasn't there, obviously, but he'll be, here to, he'll be here tonight on Raw. What's been the payoff of that whole angle with Reggie if he's not even at Mania? No idea. No clue. Oh, man. We then moved on to a bit of an indie darling classic between... Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn enjoyed this one. Just uh, they didn't get a lot of time and they used it really well. I thought. I don't feel like I feel like they could have gone longer. Yeah, 
They could have. I mean, yeah, they could go for as long as you need to, really. But they, they use their time really wisely, I thought. And it's a good match. I, again, don't mind celebrities being there. I was glad that Logan Paul didn't interfere much. Yeah, he, 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 he was there, wasn't he? He, didn't, he wasn't, like, involved. Yeah, that's kind yeah. of nice. And he, he took the stunner at the end as well, which was nice to see. He, kind of he got sold the... it. He sold it really well. He did, yeah. He looked like he'd snapped his neck in half from doing he it. He actually um, looked like he really wasn't expecting it. Yeah, 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 which maybe great. was the case, yeah. Yeah, which is great. So, yeah, uh, good win for KO there and, and a nice moment for him as well because he's he's been think, doing good. I don't know what about... I don't know about you, Evo, but, like, KO's one of my, my favourite wrestlers, 100%. Yeah, I love him. Up next, we had Riddle taking on Sheamus for the US title. yeah. Again, we spoke quite fondly about Sheamus and his build-up with Drew over the last few months and how that we felt that maybe Drew and Sheamus would have had a bit more oomph to it if that was the title match at Mania. Obviously, they've gone down the path of, of Lashley that we've spoken about. So instead, I think, as a as a thank you, they'd put him in this title match with Riddle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't think it was going to be that much of a thank you, though. I thought that it was going to be perhaps just a, uh, you know, here's, here's your sort of uh, your payday uh, and off your pop. He actually wins the title off Riddle. Yeah, that, that was a shock to me. I thought Riddle was going to retain. <laughs> Political opinion. Go on. <laughs> did, did Riddle lose because of his fuck up on live TV a couple of weeks ago? Maybe. That that does sound like a very it sounds like a very WWE Vince McMahon forte. Now you've said that, it would not surprise me if after that slip up in the ask a bit backstage, Vince just found Sheamus and said. Kick him in the mouth at me. Yeah, yeah that <laughs> sounds he daft, literally pushed him open. That, yeah. that, sound, that sounds daft, but like, yeah. is is that is that just way of thinking? Because because Sheamus is like I said, this is his third US title reign. Mm. And it, it doesn't benefit from it again. On to the IC title, the Nigerian drum fight. Uh, I just want you to just sum it up in one word, and then we'll move on. Clueless. Main debut for uh, Dabba Kato, is that how you say it? Uh, well, no, unless you include um, Raw Underground. Yeah, so he was on there for a little bit, and now he's looked to be, he's going to be <laughs> Apollo's right-hand man for a bit. Two matches left at this point. Uh, we had a fucking horrible segment in between as well with the Bella Twins again, and Bailey and Hogan and Titus will ignore that. Uh, Rhea Ripley defeated Oscar for the Women's Championship. And again, I mean, hell of a night for these young women. If you look at Belair, Ripley and Gonzalez across the three brands, uh, some huge stuff for all them. And Ripley had a great entrance, man. One of the better entrances at Mania. Having her, yeah, of course, yeah. Having a song sang live. We spoke about this on the Mania episode last week about some sometimes when bands have done the entrances. And yeah, I thought this, yeah. Was, this was great. A uh, good match again, back and forth. Again, if that's not a sign someone winning, what is? I know, yeah. It's, it just always gives you that feel, doesn't it? I didn't think she'd win this, though, if I'm honest. This match, if I'm not wrong, came about because of the... In, uh, sorry, not because of the injury, because of the pregnancy first of Lacey. I think with Lacey getting pregnant and then Charlotte getting COVID, yeah. they kind of yeah. turned to Rhea out of almost nowhere. Um, yeah, so, so I thought she, right, was, yeah. she was there to fill a spot, but she won it. Uh, good stuff. And you know what, man? I always saw Rhea winning it purely based on the fact that Asuka's done everything. She's done mm. everything. She had the role with the title. She had the SmackDown with the title. She's won the money in the bank. 
She's won the Royal Rumble and she's won the tag team titles. True. Yeah. So the fact too retaining at Mania meant nothing because Asuka in such a small space of time, regardless of who likes her or not, she's done she's done everything. She's yeah, doing. never lost the NXT women's title either, did she? She just relinquished it when she went up. You're probably right. The women's I think the women's division lacks somebody like Rhea Ripley. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. She she looked the she looked the absolute dog bollocks. She looked well, so. strong, like really strong. I hope that she has not, not a that Asuka looked weak either. It just looked like a as oh, as, yeah. as yeah. JR would say, a slobber knocker. A real fashion slobber knocker. And we're gonna finish then this week with the match that everyone was most excited about. It was definitely the one to finish the two nights. It was Roman Reigns versus Edge versus Daniel Bryan. Again, promo work. Uh, the vignette beforehand was just superb. We all probably could have made as good of a pick for any one of these three men winning it. And I think we probably yeah, did. Uh, I know that you felt like Edge may do it. I think that I really wanted Bryan, but felt like it might be Reigns. I think I before that- Bryan, you thought Roman was going to walk out with it, didn't you? I, I, so I wanted Brian, but I thought Reigns. Uh, okay. Hell of a match. Hell of a match. Oh, God, my, oh, my God. Quick question. Yeah. When you throw Edge on top of Brian and pin them both. <laughs> yeah. Is Edge not technically getting the cover first? <laughs> That's a great question. Is Edge yeah. not the champion? <laughs> That's <laughs> a great question. Edge is pinning Brian a split second before Roman. I don't know. Like, I don't know if you're allowed to pin back on chest. <laughs> oh, was he? Was he chest down, Brian? Wait, no, I don't know now. I thought Brian's shoulders were on the mat, and I thought he slumped Edge on top of him. Yeah, but was 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 Edge face on face with Brian? Or was his back on? It doesn't matter, does it? If Brian's shoulders are flat to the mat, then it's a pin. Well, that's what I'm saying to you. I'm saying is... Oh, I don't know. I'm going to have to have a look now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was it was amazing. It was, Just... it, was a, it was a hell of a win for Roman in that sense. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was so much talk about how the ending of this match might play out, who might get the cover. Some people said that Brian had been thrown in so he could be pinned. Uh, some people thought that that might have been from Edge to keep Roman looking strong. Yeah, I think I think one of the biggest things to me was that with the two things I read were that Brian was thrown in so that neither Roman or Edge looked weak. Yes. Or the other flip side of it was that if they wanted to go down that road, that nobody saw Roman or Edge's faces, but they all saw Brian as one. Mm. So, 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 but I said this to you earlier in the pod, for me, I think it is a build-up so that Edge doesn't have to be a title chaser. Yeah. We, we're going to get to see a one-on-one Edge and Brian, and it will deliver. Yeah, that's got to happen, hasn't it? Just uh, a really good slow build for that one. Like you say, maybe SummerSlam. That'd be yeah. a beautiful, beautiful match. Uh, and yeah, what a, what a way for Roman to look strong as hell by just pinning both of them. But I'm going to have to double-check the the old Jack Tunney rulebook to see if uh, if Edge is maybe going to be claiming to be champion. See that? Did you see that happening, though? 
Do you 100% go into that thing that he was going to get the win? I thought Reigns would win, but I didn't think he'd win like that. Oh, man. You see when he, do you see when he put Brian through the announcer table? Like, it oh. just, like, there's no qualms off it. And all their ring gear was, like, well, not Roman's, because Roman's was the same as any many, many <laughs> does. Gold, gold glove and black trousers. But the fact that, like, I'm not going to, like, take away from the matches, but ring gear on Mania was like it should be, like somewhere else. Yeah. Like Edge's, Edge doesn't wear white often. And, Edge's ring gear was sick. Oh, and Brian's was all just trees built up like he's like, oh yeah, unbelievable. And 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 they all deserve to be in that main event. Yeah, 100%. All three of them. Like we said earlier, didn't we? If we didn't know, Bri- if we didn't know Brian was going to get in the main event, was he going to start like a one-on-one with Jey Uso? And like, mm. now we think back at it, we're just like, he does 100% deserve to be in that. And I am gasping to know what happens on Friday. Me too, man. So, to save our boy some some chat of his own and some predictions, we'll not look too far forward to this night's Monday Night Raw. Uh, I think this pod's going to either drop Tuesday or Wednesday, depending on when I get it cut up. But when we come back with our next week's episode, what we'll do with Jay as a, as a trio again, we'll discuss Raw, SmackDown, NXT, which would have been on its Tuesday night debut. We'll probably chat some AEW as well because of it being a, the Raw after Mania. There'll still be some big surprises, but I know that you think that maybe because it's gone back to the Thunderdome, it might not be, well, it, it just won't be the, the same as, as a usual. Yeah, one, I, I, don't, I don't think it'll be as, as, as shock horror as it could be just because they're not allowed fans still. But I think we'll see something. Okay, so give me one name then. One name who you think we might see tonight who we haven't seen? Oh, I'm not going to give you a name because that's a really hard question. <laughs> okay. What I'm going to say is I think we'll see somebody challenge Bobby that we weren't expecting to. I'm up for that. I'm going to say too early for Mr. Lesnar to come back. I think it is an hard question, actually. I think I think we might see a Lesnar Lashley SummerSlam. I think he's that kind of... Yeah. Yeah. Because we all know it's going to happen. I want to see Cole on Friday, not Monday. Yeah, completely. Yeah, Adam Cole for SmackDown would be good. Uh, And yeah, if we can get someone uh, nice and out of the blue to challenge Lashley in the meantime, that would be good. But it's WWE and the next pay-per-view is called WrestleMania Backlash. So the card will be the exact same as what it was. Is it called WrestleMania Backlash? WrestleMania Backlash. I've not even called it Backlash. It's called WrestleMania Backlash. Horrible. Literally, match for match rematch. Anyway, guys, we can't wait to see Goldberg. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that'll that'll be it. It'll be fucking one of the NWO. But, Quinn, it's been a pleasure as always, man. It's it's been a, a mad week. So much has happened, uh, and I'm looking forward to just kicking back next week and having just just the four shows to look at. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I, I, we've missed our Jay. We have. Yeah, it, all is forgiven, Jay. You can come back on the pod next week. The wellness policy ban is, is up. Quinn might get a quick roll up on you on the old professional guessler, but we'll uh, we'll see how that pans out. If you want to follow us on social media, we are on Twitter and Instagram at Fresh on the Heels. Quinn does a lot of stuff on Instagram, so do check us out. It's always a good laugh. Just thank you for listening. We we appreciate you guys. Uh, thanks for getting in touch on the socials just to give us some feedback and stuff. It's all love. It was a pleasure to see you, man. It's been a pleasure to see you too, mate. That's going to be us for this week. Ciao. Take care.
we'll just do what WWE do when someone's missing and just say they're on assignment. Not not saying that he he failed the wellness policy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he probably would know in the state he's in at the minute. <laughs> we miss you, brother. We'll see you next week. <laughs>